Hey everybody, welcome again to uh, here in Joplin, Missouri with GMPI. I'm Mike and I've got a special guest here I'm going to introduce in a moment, but you have been watching for probably since the middle of March, some of you, uh, two installments a week of this, uh, what's called basically <clears throat> faith greater than fear, where we're seeing as followers of Jesus, how our faith during these really challenging times is seeing us through. And as we see ourselves going from kind of a marathon to a triathlon, I really am thankful for my friend, uh, Jason French, who's on the program today. So welcome, Jason. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, Mike, deep appreciation for you and for GNPI. Thank you. Well, we're literally neighbors up the road. I mean, you never know in Zoom where you're going to be talking <laughs> from, right? So uh, I can be talking with someone from uh, Kiev uh, in Ukraine, and the next minute I'm here in Joplin talking to somebody. But anyway, Jason is the president of CIY. So Jason, tell me a little bit about your journey with CIY. Uh, I know you became president uh, maybe not quite a year ago, or maybe it's right on a year now. Anyway, tell our audience a little bit of what you guys do uh, and uh, what's been happening. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think I stepped into this role at technically the wrong time. I think that's how you define it. Uh, no, it's, in, it's always in God's timing. I'm being, being honored about that. Uh, you know, Andy has been with us for 35 years, and we had such a great transition with he and I. Uh, you know, we started this process a couple of years ago. I officially moved into the role in uh, September, like September 1st. Uh, and then, you know, I was uh, serving as the executive vice president before that, uh, been a vice president at CIY for several years, been here now for, I don't know, 18, 19 years, uh, and just love it. Yeah, it's been part of my faith journey, part of my journey into my calling to ministry. And so to be able to serve in this capacity is just an, it's an absolute joy. What we do is we do uh, really create experiences for lo local church. We say at CIY that we are the bridesmaid, never the bride. That every day we wake up trying to find creative and innovative ways to serve her with everything we've got. And so we you know, typically do that by doing events, um, both domestically here in the United States and internationally as well. And churches will bring their students to the events. Uh, we really focus on three big things. You know, number one, first and foremost, is to call uh, young people to Jesus Christ. Uh, we, wanna, we want them to be deeply connected to him. Uh, number two is we believe that, that part of living out faith is faith without, without works, faith without action is dead. I love what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, you know, we all know that the text, it's by grace you've been saved through faith, so man, no man can boast. But then he goes on to the next verse to say, we are therefore God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we believe that part of a sustaining, lasting faith is an active faith. That, that calling kids to faith in Jesus should call them to action. And we call that kingdom work. So number one, we call them to Jesus first and foremost. Number two is we call them to live out lives of service and kingdom work. And number three, we want them to do all of that in the context of the local church. Uh, and so we really are daily, hourly, moment by moment, minute by minute, champions of the local church. Uh, you know, our attitude is a little bit like John the Baptist toward Jesus. Uh, we think that she should increase and CIY should decrease. And so we're just the love of the church. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about CIY. So to give people a scope, last year before COVID, how many events and how many students did you have attend? Well, last year, the amount of events, I should know that off the top of my head. I believe that last year we had just over 77,000 students uh, right. in events all over the nation. That would be 100 plus events. I think it's, it's right around 103 to 109 events. 
Uh, and that would be also just young people we had in Ireland as well. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, right just over 77,000. Huge influence, my friends. A lot of those kids were looking forward to coming to those CIY camps this year. And then COVID hit. Tell us what happened. What did you have to do? I mean, here we were locked down. And then we were in, like, even here, you and I in Joplin today, we're having to wear masks. And yeah. it is now July. So what did CIY have to do with the change in the pivot? You know, it's funny you say that word pivot. We're all, and I know you are too, we're all so tired of that word, but it, it's the truth. It's, it's what we had to do. I think for us, Mike, I was thinking about this, you know, earlier today. It was mid-February and I, I talked to our executive team and I was like, man, guys, I don't feel good about this COVID thing. We need to put together a master plan of what we're going to do if something were to hit. And so we set this, this arbitrary deadline and I said, guys, I'd like to see a, uh, you know, kind of a tick list of everything we're going to do through all of the different areas of our ministry. If, if co if COVID escalates and we like to see that by March 24th and I could look at my calendar, but I think the date was, so we, we were, we were working on it in the background, March 11th, we had teams on the road. Uh, they were headed to Indianapolis, and we had another team headed to Atlanta. One for a program we do called Believe for junior high kids. Another one called Superstar for for preteens. Those two programs run about fourteen thousand students. They both were expecting about a thousand kids that weekend, if not more. And and we had to literally we got the call, and the and, and and everything it broke that week. Everything it just everything fell apart, and we lost seven events. Uh, at the back end of what we would call a, a tour, because we kind of tour the nation with the Believe Group and the Superstar Group, you know, it, it was brutal. Uh, you know, for us, it's it's those moments when, you know, you want to call kids to kingdom work, you want to call them to Jesus, you've built all of this, and now you can't execute, you can't deliver, and that's heartbreaking uh, because we we run a lot of live events. So if you think about Major League Baseball or movie theaters or restaurants or Broadway, anything that, that gathers live people. That's what we did. 77,000 people in a room, a couple of thousand churches a year. And, and then, man, it just continued to escalate to the point where we lost 100% of the back end of that spring tour and all of our summer. And now we're trying to make wise decisions about even next winter. Uh, to kind of put that in perspective for us, you know, in terms of economics, uh, you know, we are a large organization, as you know, I think our, our annual budget is about $24 million a year. Uh, 23 million of that or so comes in from the events that, that churches pay to attend. And we've lost already this, this year, nearly all of our revenue. I mean, we, we lost $17 million just this summer. And so, yeah, in terms of pivoting, we have had to pivot quickly in order to see, see why remain in existence. Uh, and, and it took a lot of, of God's guidance and a lot of his direction. So that's a little bit of, of what we've been through. Uh, if you know, we're, we're just like any other group that gathers people. We're like churches who can't meet, uh, except for the, I think the, the difference with us is we're so dependent on, uh, churches paying, uh, you know, a fee for like a kid going to camp. Uh, that's probably the best way for any of viewers to, to think of it here in the United States for your, your, your domestic viewers, for kids to go to summer camp. That's kind of what we do. So yeah, in a nutshell, we, we've had to pivot pretty, pretty significantly. And so you've got nothing in terms of events and uh, 
the first thing is that you've lost lots of income, but there has been a beautiful response. I like what you said earlier about the bride, you're the bridesmaid to the bride. The church has responded in some great ways. Talk to us a little bit about that and then talk about what did you do in the pivot? What are you doing now? Yeah, I'll kind of, I'll talk about, you know, one, how, how Jesus sustained us. Um, you know, and I don't want to get into the, the nuances of it too much, yeah. except for to give credit and glory to Jesus. It truly was the goodness of God and the generosity of, of churches and donors that allowed us to make it through what is, you know, not even arguably, it absolutely is the, the worst season in the history of CIY, the most difficult season we, we have ever faced. And that's, that's even come from Andy Hansen as he was, you know, he's been here 35 years, was president for forever. It's just such a, such a great man. But he would say, it's been the hardest season we've ever faced organizationally. Um, you know, some of the things that, that we set out to do is we said, man, we're going to lift up Jesus first and foremost. You know, our problems are no bigger or no different than anyone else's. And our posture right now needs to be one of generosity. Uh, and, and I said, man, I, I want our team to be known for two things. I want to be known for our generosity and the fact that we love the church. Whether or not CIY continues into the future or not, I want us to be remembered for those two things, our generosity and our love for the church. So we really just won. We reached out to our churches. They had given us deposits and we said, would you be willing to leave your deposits with us? And the generosity of the church allowed us out of that, you know, all of that lost revenue. We were able to recoup about 1.5 million of that in churches just saying, we understand. We're going to leave our deposits with you. Now, truth be known, we'd already spent that money paying our staff, building the stages, getting ready for summer. So it was already, it was already spent. But if they hadn't have done that, that was the first thing that happened that was so gracious. Um, but the cool thing in light of that is I, I challenged our team. I was like, Hey, listen, we may not be able to get live events, but we have to be there for the bride. And how can we serve her in the midst of what is chaos? Because it's not like CIY. Everyone's going through crisis right now. These churches, these youth pastors, they're trying to figure out how to invent this whole new world of how to minister in an online environment. And so one of the things we did, and honestly, if it wasn't for GNPI, I don't know how we would have done it. Uh, we actually partnered with you guys. You allowed us at, at no expense, mind you. And I hope your viewers understand that you guys basically handed over the keys to one of your studios and said, bless the church. And so we created something from scratch we had never built before. And that was basically an online um, experience called move at and mix at. And in a nutshell, I won't, I won't go into details, but what the, the at AT means is we didn't know where youth ministries could do ministry at. Like that's mm -hmm. in, in, in this crisis. So we said, if they have to do ministry at their church and they can do it there and maybe small groups, group of 10 or up to, up to 200. If, you know, if you look back in April, we didn't even know if it, what assemblies would look like. So we could say, okay, you can't come to a college campus. You could do move or mix at your church. Uh, and again, for, for viewers, move is a high school event. Mix is a junior high camp. Um, or we said, okay, if, if you can't get together at your church, Maybe you could do it at, at a small group leader's home. So it could be move at, you know, the Shroggy Zone. Um, or even now we're finding some of these states are going back into lockdown and kids are back into, you know, places where churches really can't assemble. And so they're saying, okay, well, let's move at your house. And even right now we're doing live streams from GMPI Studios. We shot all the videos, made it available for all of our churches to use at no, no expense. And honestly, man, a uh, huge thanks to, to you at GNPI. I don't know how in the world we could have ever done that without you guys graciously leaning into our kingdom friendship and saying, 
take the studio, use it. And so even tonight, there'll be groups online, uh, you know, experiencing mix at later on the week, they'll be experiencing move at. And we know that we're going to touch hundreds and hundreds of churches because we're able to pivot and meet churches in, in their need. Very cool. And we, we enjoin you in the fact that let's just be a servant to the church and let's be generous. And you, you have as a team epitomized that. And it's been with honor to, and pleasure to do that uh, as, as a neighbor and as friends. Now you've pivoted, you described really well to I think our audience some of what you've been doing and delivering and they can access it. We're going to put that up as well. But Jason, share me a little bit because I know as a you're a you're a pastor to pastors. You're a minister to the ministers in a way, a shepherd to the shepherds, not just to your team, but to many in the youth ministry arena globally and particularly in the U.S. Tell me what you've been seeing about with youth ministers and what they're feeling as this from the marathon to the triathlon, the endurance of this thing getting stretched out. What are they feeling? Yeah, you know, it, it's all over the map. Hmm. I'd say if I could recoalesce the, the majority of what I hear, it's a lot of what your viewers have felt. Um, you know, I think we originally you know, had this attitude of we're going to get this, we're going to figure it out. But the longer this thing starts drawing on, the more this isolation it, you know, continues. I think you're finding, especially in the youth ministry world, you're starting to see a lot of mental health issues start to develop in, even among our pastors. Uh, a lot of deep discouragement, uh, a lot of, of just not feeling like they're able to do ministry in ways that, that really connect with how they've been trained or, or what they signed up for when they, they talked about this call to ministry. And so a lot of times you're finding youth pastors who just start to real with, deal with a lot of depression, tremendous amounts of anxiety, um, really feeling uh, like a lot of them feel like failures because, you know, they're trying this Zoom thing. And for the first two or three weeks, their kids are all about it. And now they're jumping on Zoom and kids are like, I don't want to Zoom anymore. I'm tired of it. Um, and so I think you're getting, you're getting a lot of mental health, mental health issues starting to arise that are really, really concerning. Uh, my biggest concern, honestly, currently um, for our pastors is the amount of people that I'm seeing that are leaving the church that are just saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't want to live this way. And so there's a lot of people leaving the pastoral work and just going back into, and, and listen, sacred work, ministry work, it's all in submission to the king. I, I don't, I don't want to draw distinctions there. But a lot of them are leaving local church work and just going back into, you know, a business type workforce. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and, and most of that has to do really with mental health. Um, so I think, I think that'd be one of the big things we you know, that I'd be concerned with, you know, um, I think the other thing is within that mental health and isolation, and we can talk about this later. Uh, part of what comes with that, Mike, is this isolation is typically the thing in scripture you see over and over that, that, that leads people into dark places. You know, I think very early on when, when, when God tells us it's not good for man to be alone and you look at different people in scripture and how isolation led them into, into dark places, whether it be Jonah or Elijah or, or honestly David on a balcony. I mean, over and over, you see this pattern play out. You look at what, what, what Satan does, the demoniac is he draws him away and he isolates him. And a lot of these guys are feeling isolated. And my fear is not only the mental health, but I think among a lot of our pastors, you're going to start seeing a lot of, of, of sin creeping in, of, of, of just, just, yeah, just brokenness. So that's what I'm seeing. 
I appreciate it in, in being candid. And if you are one of those who's just wondering right now and, and uh, uh, should I continue in ministry or not, uh, please reach out to Jason, reach out to us, reach out to somebody. Uh, we are proud of you. Christ loves you. And hey, hang in there. Uh, you can do it more than you think you can. Amen. And uh, Jason, with our final kind of minutes that we've got left, what would you like to share? Either something on your heart. I always have appreciated it. I've listened to some of your podcasts and your preaching in times. Uh, any words of encouragement as we talk uh, as people of faith and as listeners who are people of faith? There is a lot of fear, and it's, it's not the shock fear. It's more of a stronger, simmering concerted fear right now. Um, how, what would you like to do to speak to that as we kind of finish up? Anything on your heart? Yeah, I, I'd say this. I, I would never want uh, believers to walk around being smug or arrogant, but I would encourage you to start walking around with confidence because the last mm -hmm. time I checked, the gates of hell can't stand against us, let alone a COVID. Uh, and, and, and we will get through this because we are the body of Christ. We are resilient. We're strong. We're tough. We faced darker days than this. This is not our darkest day. By any stretch of the imagination, this is not our darkest day. And so I think what I'd say is it's time for the body of Christ to remain incredibly confident, one, in, in who our Lord is and in the fact that not only is he Jehovah Shammah, the God who is near, not is he only, you know, Jehovah Sabaoth, the God who fights on our behalf, or Jehovah Shammah, the, you know, I already said that one, uh, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I mean, all these, these attributes that he calls himself, he will win this, and the church will prevail, and we're not going away, we're not going to back down. And so I think for some who've got that kind of defeatist attitude because they can't get together this week, or how long is this going to go on, I guess my challenge to you is with just an air of absolute confidence because your faith is in Jesus Christ, and we know who he is and what he's capable of, remember, we will win this. We cannot be taken down. We cannot be defeated. The gates of hell can't stand against us. So that's Amen. what I'd say, man, when, it, when it comes to fear. Great words. Now, I want you as an audience to know, this is from a guy who just told you that 90% of their income was lost. This is from a guy who told you that it were tough times just months ago. But that is exactly, Jason, what I appreciate you sharing with our audience. And we, we love you guys who are listening. We want you to hang in there. God is not writhing, writhing his hands and worried about the odds. He loves the odds. Hey, stack them up any way you want to do them. I am going to win. We Amen. know the end of the story. And so Jason French and you all at TIY, blessings to you as you continue to bless the bride of Christ. Thank you for taking some of your busy time. Your excitement just excites me and <laughs> excites our audience. And for those here today, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in for this edition of Faith Greater Than Fear. God's blessings to you.